Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by one of my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo, and another special guest, Rodrigo Perez. Actually, I shouldn't say another. You're pretty much the only special guest we get on here regularly, who's <laughs> Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist. Um, so gentlemen, are we ready to talk R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy, aka Suicide Squad? Oh, we're not talking about the 2016 one. No, no, no. It's... <laughs> That's, I had my my shit on movie pants on and everything, so I <laughs> shit on movie pants. <laughs> okay. I had the air shirt on, and you were all ready to yeah release the air cut, bro. I just binged Tax Collector and all this stuff. <laughs> you yeah. about how much you love Jared Leto as the Joker. Oh boy, I can't wait till we talk House of Gucci. <laughs> Speaking of Leto, oof. Yes, that looks good actually. But well, yeah, I mean, but how much makeup is that man under? Yeah. Stick to superheroes, goddammit. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> People are tuning out as we speak. Yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, the three of us have seen James Gunn's reboot, sequel, reimagining, whatever WB wants to call it, The Suicide Squad. This is the film that's the result of Disney firing James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, leading to Warner Brothers immediately calling him up and giving him carte blanche to make whatever superhero film he wanted to make. And as we know, he chose uh, to take David Ayer's franchise, throw it in the trash, and start fresh with a brand new take on Task Force X. Um, So in this episode, we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad, give our opinions about whether Gunn succeeded with the film or if it's a horrible mess. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's pretty good. But uh, before we get to the age-old question about is Idris Elba better than Will Smith, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So for those people who are somehow living under a rock and not aware, The Suicide Squad's uh, coming out this week. It's the new DC superhero film from writer-director James Gunn about Task Force X, the group that's put together by the evil Amanda Waller that consists of imprisoned supervillains given the chance to make things right by volunteering for suicide missions. And as you might expect, James Gunn doesn't uh, hold back on the death. We meet a bunch of villains. Some of them live. Some of them die. Well, actually, a lot of them die, all leading to a big confrontation with a giant alien starfish. It's it's a bonkers movie. So before we get to our thoughts, I want to warn the listeners that we're going to start with spoiler free. And uh, that way we can tell you whether the film's good or not and if it's worth your time. But fair warning, that part's going to be pretty short. So because we really want to get into the nitty gritty of Suicide Squad and talk spoilers. So with all that out of the way, start with Rodrigo. You wrote a review of the film for the playlist, and you seem to enjoy it. So if you want to give us a quick summary of your review and let us know, uh, what do you think of the Suicide Squad overall? I liked it overall. If I had to do a quick summary of that review, um, I would probably uh, do it, cut it into three acts. And so I would go act one, kind of Deadpoolish, uh, irreverent, bloody, gory, um irreverent etc blah 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 second act um i'm trying not to get too too spoilery but a, a little bit uh gets a little too uh, bogged down in 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 uh, uh like things that like music montages and i'm like oh i think it's gonna lose its way there's a lot of scenes that like feel like they're just music montages there's a bunch there in the middle that like i'm like what it's a lot of exposition in the middle there yeah yeah but also i think the thing the thing that would just rub, rub me wrong was like what what is what is this stuff there's an animated sequence like what um and then i'm like so i'm 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 not quite convinced and i'm thinking okay this movie's gonna lose its way and then the third act comes and 
to me, like I said it in the review, like the rare superhero movie where the third act is the best. You know, the superhero movies, generally the third act is the worst. It's like the noisy, um, big crescendo of stuff. Um, and this is the opposite, although it is a big action climactic crescendo, but it reveals it's what it's got, oh, what it's got, what it has to say, what it's really about, its heart and soul. It bears itself a little bit naked. Um, it shows what it was leading to the entire time. And it really, really wins me over. And by the end, I'm like, this is great. And so I think it's a little bit choppy throughout. I'm, I'm not quite, you know, I enjoy that first act, but it still has a little bit of stuff. And then it sort of loses its way and it, and it comes back hard in a way that like really, really wins me over. I'm like, boom, okay, this is great. And, you know, for me also, like if you got something to say, it's always um, uh, important to me. Yeah, yeah. Mike, what'd you Yo. think? Uh, I'm largely in agreement with Rodrigo. I don't think it bothered me as much in the second act, but I, I, I will say needle drop city, dude. Like I know James Gunn <laughs> is kind of like the, the man who repopularized, uh, needle drops and big blockbusters. Yeah. And he's, he's like doubling or tripling down in this one. Uh, it got to the point where you're like, okay, dude, like I get it. It is kind of fun. You're mm -hmm. always good at this and it always looks pretty like whatever you're setting things up uh, against the backdrop of these songs. But it, it did get to the point where you're like, OK, come on, man, <laughs> let's let's yeah, maybe well, drop one. or two. I, I think you're saying the same thing I am because I said it was like music montages. So, it's yeah, like, it's really that that like it's like you're going, hmm, is this going to be like the style is going to overcome the substance, right? Mm hmm. You know? And at, at some point it was struggling back and forth between yes. there where you're yeah. like, this oh, is totally. beautiful totally. and colorful and is probably the best looking James Gunn movie he's ever made. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there, there was definitely a lot of just relentless popular music and, and yep. flashbang yep. kind of oh. stuff going on. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, if I didn't say it that way, it's, I went a hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree too. It really is kind of a tale of three movies here because the first act I was I was checked out almost completely. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I worried it was going to be. Yeah, I kept looking over at you, and I was just you were not you you were not on board. No, no. Everybody's <laughs> laughing. Everybody's having a good time, and I'm just like, I can't I can't be here much longer. This is just this is infuriatingly not my speed. And then uh, second act starts to correct itself. There's a lot of story. There's some fun slash uh, not necessary Harley Quinn stuff. And I, I do love Margot Robbie in that role. And then the third act, like Rodrigo says, it, it really does kind of come together. And you finally see what James Gunn has up his sleeve and, and really what he's trying to say with these characters. Because I'll tell you what, these characters are are wacky, like in, mm -hmm. in the best and worst ways. They're distracting sometimes, but they're also kind of uh, ingenious in the way that he chose them. And you don't know why until that that third act and it kind of all comes together. Yeah. You're like, ah, yeah. then this makes sense. And and it does. And ultimately, I, it left me thinking like, yeah, I want to watch this again. I want to I want to enjoy it now that I know that yeah. this is yeah. kind of a, and, a complete. And when, when was the last time any of us saw a superhero movie that was like engineered like that? Oh, yeah, it doesn't I don't even really know. reveal its true nature until the third act. Yeah, well, I think I think we've gotten to a point where superhero movies, because Marvel has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, superhero movies are almost like uh, Escalation City, right? Like they yeah. start small and then they just build and build and build, and they have to end in this like thing that is supposed to make you kind of get blown back in your seat. But you know, 
cynics like us, we just look at it like yawn. Um, <laughs> right. But like, speak for yourself, Charles. <laughs> isn't, I, that the, isn't that the brilliant thing about this one that it does kind of end in that exact same thing that we're talking about, but it ought, at the same time also reveals its true nature and what it has to say. So it's yeah. kind of like this amazing crescendo that also crescendos emotionally and thematically. That's like really impressive in a way. I'm like, wow, like, holy shit. You know, like, even yeah you know i can't mention the moment but like there's a a big climactic moment of harley quinn that like it, it just like all oh, it's like wow you almost kind of want to stand up and cheer it's like it's yeah. amazing you know yeah um I, I, we're skirting around spoilers so i want to i want to kind of curtail this a bit but before we get to our spoiler discussion i do have one question i want to want you guys to answer um coming into this film as i said i was i was a bit skeptical the trailer seemed fun but it also seemed very james gunn uh, my biggest worry was that this was just going to be like I joked earlier, R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So, having seen this movie, do you think this is just R-rated Guardians, or is the Suicide Squad something different from Gun? I wouldn't say it's an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy because they aren't particularly a family at the end of it all. Yeah. Well, not literally, but I mean, you know, the like you were saying, needle drops and quips and this ragtag group stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. If you're just saying those things, then, I mean, those are all there. Check, check, check. It's just a little, yeah, like you said, R-rated and filthier. and Right, but isn't it also like, like to your point, original Mike, that like you're saying it's different. Like, don't you think that's like, it's superficially similar? And in many ways, like as you were pointing out about the family and the different dynamic, I think it's kind of, kind of different. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, okay. This is a good time for us to segue into spoilers because okay, I, I, I want to immediately dispute that. Um, sure. yeah, well, well, I just want to say like, there's the, the superficial, like, okay, James Gunn loves misfit losers. This is, yes, a, this, is a, this is a movie that's a tribute to, uh, you know, beautiful losers, right? Like the people that always lose that like, and what I really like about it is that he really, I'm always like someone like when like someone takes the, the fundamental, like, let's boil this down to what this is about. And for, for the Suicide Squad, it's like, it's the title. These people are a Suicide Squad. They are completely worthless. They're expendable, right? And then he takes that theme and it's like, okay, let's think about these people that mean nothing to the government. Like, if you're fucking blown up, we don't give a shit. You're just here to take this mission. And what if we make it a tribute to those people? Yeah. And I think that's kind of, kind of beautiful, especially in the way he, he tells that story. And to me, that is fundamentally different from Guardians. Guardians, to me, is a story about misfits and losers, but it's them finding a family and it's, and it's coming together and, and having, uh, it's a slightly different. It's more of a, an emotional family thing where it's like these people have been, like, have been discarded and lost and thrown away. And, and... It's the Disney version. <laughs> but, but I still you know? feel like it's, it's, it's different because the the guardians are not there's there's no thematic thing in the guardians about them being expendable it's very like like, i love i i won't go on too much of a detour but the lego movie does the same thing it's like i love when you take a very very basic concept and you drill it down and then you blow it up and expand upon it and i feel like that's what he's done with this he's looked at this story and he's like what are these people they're nothing they're fucking dirt they're trash they're they're absolutely disposable human beings but what if you find love for these people and what if you find not even necessarily heroism but like what if you find that they're that they're worthy of 
of love and human dignity. Like that's what he brings to that, which I find incredibly, extremely impressive because it's like most, most superhero movies can't touch any of that kind of thing. And that's what he kind of says in the end, this kind of empathetic, loving thing about like everybody's worth something. Even these fucking criminal reprobates who've done horrible human things, everybody's worthy of a little bit of human dignity. And except I, you right right so the, <laughs> oh, spoiler yeah yeah okay. I thought we were in the spoilers no we no there. we're not there not there yet <laughs> you weren't technically there although i think anybody who's seen the trailer would i will uh, 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 i'm gonna bleep all that out oh fine <laughs> I, didn't say anything. I didn't say anything i know i know okay so yes yeah, see we're, we're itching to talk about spoilers so you've been warned we're going to go into full-on spoilers right now we had a pre-spoiler, but this is this is the real spoiler stuff. Yeah, this is spoiler spoilers. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? Let's start the spoiler discussion by kind of continuing what you were talking about, Rodrigo, because you have this, you, you explained it very well. And I know my, my argument is kind of built on a fallacy, right? Like I'm just taking the, the surface level guardian stuff and, and saying, this is just James Gunn, but R rated. Mm-hmm. And, and I do believe that what you said is true, but I also, when you get down, when you, 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 you boil away all that other stuff and you get to the, the skeleton of this, it is still guardians. What I'm getting at, though, is at the end, they do kind of come together. They do become like a little family. They do rebel and all that. And I know that there's more to it than that. But I, I would be remiss if we didn't say that this is kind of the same ingredients, but remixed a little bit. This is Guardians in taking the misfit toys of a comic book universe, putting some a hell of a lot of heart and soul into it, which, you know, you can't deny. And this isn't an insult on James Gunn. This is just... You know, I don't want people going in thinking that Suicide Squad is like a complete reinvention of James Gunn's filmmaking style because it's not. That's all. I'm I saying. mean, I no, agree. It's still a James Gunn movie. It's similar and it has some similar ingredients. But like, let me ask you this: like, to me, this is a bit of a World War II man on a mission movie. And I don't, I don't believe that BS. We're not going to. And do you think Guardians of the Galaxy is that? No, no, no. But I don't believe this is a war movie anyway. It you starts don't see like the Captain, in here? It starts like Saving Private Ryan. Okay. They attack a beach. Most right. of them die. It's bloody. It's gory. You know, there's rock music that plays over it. But, you know, <laughs> Steven Spielberg didn't do rock music though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's, it's kind of sure. There's a, you could say that the Dirty Dozen can kind of apply to Guardians as well, except it's in space. You know, they, they kind of come together for a mission and they're, you know, not, uh, you know, the type of team members that would normally come together in a superhero team. Same with the Suicide Squad. I don't want to get into the, the comparisons too much, but my argument is, is this is still, if you, if, if you go into this thinking that this is just R-rated Guardians, I think you'll, you'll come out saying, yeah, it's got a little bit more to say, but it's still at its core. I would argue or, it has, sure, but I would argue it has a hell of a lot more to say than Guardians because I, I don't, because I don't, the, the whole speech there I gave a Suicide Squad, I don't know that I could say that about Guardians because I don't know no. what to say out about it other than it's like a bunch of misfits coming together and finding a family and that they, that they can be, 
that they can be loved. And that's all I can say. Like, I can't say anything more in depth, which where I could go on much more yeah. long about the, the third world country nation stuff about Suicide Squad and the way the Suicide Squad is some, somewhat subverted in the nature of like what Amanda Waller's doing in her third act reveal and blah, blah, blah. I feel like there's a lot going on in this movie. I, I would I would say this, having, having sounded for like 10 minutes like I'm shitting on this movie, I <laughs> think I might at the end of the day, like the Suicide Squad more than either of the Guardians movies. Um, only yeah. because I feel like at the end it does come together in a way, like you said, that the the Guardians, especially the second one, the second one was so ham-fisted with the dad stuff that I was just like, I was kind of checked out of that. But yeah, I, I ultimately, bastard. I know. Well, hey, <laughs> you're talking to the guy who cried through that stupid Mr. Rogers movie um, right. about like the guy with his dad issues. Like I'm a softy when it comes to that stuff, but that the ego stuff just didn't didn't connect. But anyway, okay, yeah. moving on. Um, agree to disagree, Rodrigo. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the characters, because because these characters, most of the people, even if you read comic books, you're probably like Polka Dot Man. What Ratcatcher Two? What? So I want to ask both of you. Start with Mike. Do you think there's a breakout actor or character that surprised you? And conversely, was there anyone that you know you just could do without? You weren't you know sad to see perhaps die. Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm never sad to see Pete Davidson shot in the face. Uh, I don't <laughs> mind him in certain movies, but you know, it's kind of, he's, he's got that face. Um, and then, I mean, as far as, you know, ones that surprised me, I was surprised. I liked Joel Kinnaman so much in this, in this yeah, version. Right. He's that like flag. a complete 180. Um, sad to see him die. Yeah. Wait, what? Spoiler. We're in spoiler section. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Polka Dot Man was yes. is my dude. As far Polka as Dot Man was great, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Dave the Smallchin is always great, but and I was kind of nervous he was going to get pushed off to the side. And like what they did with Flula, which you know he twirled a, a javelin, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> he gave a, a one of those like on his deathbed speeches that never ended. Yeah, exactly. ended only so much time. He knew a bunch of people yeah. were going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Exploded. Let's get that out of the way. The The first act, the reason I didn't like this movie in the first act was because I was like, oh God, just death, death, death. Yeah. Everything I thought that the, the trailers pieced together was true. All those dumb characters that you laughed at died. I was like, meh. Anyway, <laughs> had to get I that mean, out. I, I, it was a slight, a bit of a lesser rehash of what Deadpool 2 did with X-Force. Mm -hmm. And I will say that uh, you know, I, I'm, here's the other thing. I'm curious if we can do a quick detour, what you guys think of Deadpool, because I feel the first act is very Deadpool. I hated Deadpool one. Um, I kind of love Deadpool two. I um, love Deadpool two as well. And yeah, that great. X-Force scene in Deadpool two is hysterical. It was that the X-Force thing? Yeah. When everyone okay. bites it, right? So, like, so everyone in X-Force just fucking eats it. They all jump on. Yeah, here we go. And this to me is like the opening of Suicide Squad is essentially a kind of similar riff, right? Like, so you know, well, all the setup. Here's the thing. Deadpool 2, that scene has its origins in X-Force comic books. Oh, X-Force really? number 116 oh, is one of my boy. favorite comic go. books. Push I know. up your glasses here. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting my nerd hat on. <laughs> X-Force 116 is a famous issue. They they spent months of uh, marketing promoting this new team of X-Force characters, this new direction, know. new everything. And then they go in at the very end of the first issue, all but two people die. 
like bloody deaths and you're like was it funny like the way it was in deadpool yeah yeah it was very subversive it was like because this was like a very you know corporate heavy thing they put together this x-men like team and then they all bite it and they have to rehire a new team in the next episode i didn't realize that but that's funny yeah so um that and and they even have characters um from that episode or from that issue show up like the one that vomits acid yeah 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 he is the leader of that team that dies so when he dies and he even has 116 tattooed on his arm somewhere so it's a complete homage so um god the nerd um but, so when i saw the trailer for suicide squad i'm like oh this is a, a bait and switch James Gunn knows comic books. James Gunn knows Marvel. I assume he's read that issue. It's a very famous issue. So I'm like, oh, this is like that. He's going to introduce all these characters. And within the first act, they're all going to die. And I was like, oh, shit. Yep. That's what happened. Yeah. Expectations met. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I was I was just kind of let down that there was a little bit more of a surprise that, you know, it was the B team, you know, was also you know, attacking the island tube and, and trying to go in. Um, like Amanda Waller knew all those people were going to die. Um, but I was just kind of put off by that. And I was the first, so, okay. You talk about the, the first act being very Deadpool-y. And I think that's what really rubbed me the wrong way because I was going into this thinking like, well, if there's one thing James Gunn does is he puts heart into these characters that nobody cares about. And then he introduces all these characters and not only does he kill them all, he kills them in ways that's supposed to elicit a laugh. And I found it just kind of gross. Um, and, and people were laughing, so it worked. But me, I was completely just turned off by it. I, it felt just, like, mean. And then he ends I mean, it with... Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, if you wanted to encapsulate... I mean, I don't, I don't think I felt as strong as you did. I didn't dislike the first act as, like, as much as you did. But I think if you want to encapsulate it, you could say that there's a, a mean streak throughout that first act. Yeah, where it was almost like, like James... Like yeah. James Gunn got the toys or got the keys to the car, got to play with his toys, do whatever he wanted to. And he was just like, wouldn't it be awesome in a DC superhero movie if we just like blow people up in horrific ways? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people in the screening I was at, and these are critics, not, not regular people. The critics were just howling, laughing. And That's I was included. Yeah. And I was just like not <laughs> feeling it. And then they play the punk song on um, the oh, shit. I'm blinking on the title, but it's a famous punk song where it's, you know, this is how they died. This is how my friends died. Oh, and, uh, these are the people who died. By, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who wrote uh, that junkie movie that Mark Wahlberg and Leonardo DiCaprio fucked up. Oh yeah. Jeez. But anyway, <laughs> it's really, so I was telling Mike this on the way home, actually, that, that's a song that's actually about real people dying of like yeah. addiction pretty, and shit. Jim Carroll. Yeah. And, and so that's like, you know, real people dying and real stories of people dying. And he's just showing like Javelin with like, you know, his intestines pouring out, Pete Davidson missing a face. And I'm just like, oh, like this is just like, ugh, I was completely. I, 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 will, I will say I agree with you. But at the same time, that juxtaposition is exactly what Tarantino has done through his entire career and what mm-hmm. a lot of people do. So we're, we're, we're we got to leave the Tarantino out of it because, you know, we'll get on tangents about that. Sure. I have thoughts about Tarantino. That- but that ironic juxtaposition of a piece of music and then violence and, and making it like seem even more ironic uh, is, is not, is not something new, you know? It's no, like- no. But I, I, I didn't take it as him being ironic. I took it as him just looking. Cause you, we, like Mike said, he, he loves needle drops. I just looked at it. He was like, Oh, this is just a kind of a song about people dying. And, you know, and, and they say, this is, 
these are all my friends who died and I can then quick cut to dead superheroes or dead supervillains. And it would be like a fun visual gag. And I just thought like, ugh, come on, man, you can do better than that. That's all. But at the same time, like you're looking for heart and characters that you get to spend five minutes with. Uh, I, I don't know that you can set up these characters enough to really care when they're dead. So the, the, the way he kills them and the, you know, the emotionless kind of fashion, these first act offs go, I think that's how it had to go. I mean, yeah. well, unless not, only that, not only that, it brings home, like it, we don't feel it till later, but it's really telling you that these people are disposable, expendable. Yep. Right. And, it, yeah. and plus it's done in a mean spirited kind of arguably cheap, uh, 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 sort of glib, gross kind of way, and yes, and you might. You, some people are going to love the shit out of it. Uh, some audiences are going to be listening to this and be like, "What are you talking about, Charles?" But like, some people are going to love the shit out of it. Some people are m- maybe not so much. I was somewhere somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, but it 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 does at least thematically tie into what's going on, right? Like like these people do not matter. They are worthless, right? Right. And, yeah. and and so at least there is if if that was all it was. And it was for laughs, then I could see it being really cheap and kind of offensive. But it actually, you know, ties into the end of the movie about, right, that we're talking about that not everybody is worthless, that, 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 uh, you know, like what I was saying before and, and, and how that all, like, you know, ties into Waller and that whole thing. And I don't want to give, even in the spoiler section, I don't want right. to the very end of the movie. Well, so um, I, I know we sidetracked. And skipped ahead a little bit, but I do want to talk about some breakout characters because Polka Dot Man, I think, is great. And I think Polka Dot Man and Ratcatcher 2 are the best of what James Gunn does. He will take characters that nobody cares about, arguably dumb powers, and he will make you care about them. Polka Dot Man vomits up polka dots that are like acid. It's stupid. But somehow, and then he just adds this like, creepy mommy issue thing oh that and, was lovely i, I it, loved it, that it pays off again and again and again like it's so good it's the gift that keeps on giving well, and th- yeah i mean I, I was gonna argue that like you know uh every new character in this story is terrific right yeah, Ratcatcher yeah. 2 is excellent i think Ratcatcher uh, 2 is the star I yeah, think I think amazing. she is Incredible. great. She gives amazing heart and soul to the movie. Idris Elba is I don't think I've ever seen him better honestly. I loved him in this. Uh, I mean the outside wire, of the though. wire outside of the wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but as far as blockbusters go, he's, oh, yeah. he's generally yeah. given the shit hand. Yes, he's terrific in this. He plays the straight man and he does it so well. He gets so many laughs in playing it not for laughs, right? Well, he's so it, fucking funny. Again, I mean, because James Gunn all these James characters. Gunn gives him like a fear, gives him like fallacy or like gives him like a uh, something yeah. that just doesn't make him just the badass that you think he's going to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. regardless, what I was going to say is like, I think all the new characters are great. But then when you think about it, I mean, look what he does to, to uh, Rick Flagg. He makes that character incredible. Yeah. So he actually like, and the funny thing is, I, I mean, his writing is so terrific in this, at least, you know, from a superhero blockbuster level, it's like, I feel like every character is very fleshed out, even the, even despite that there's so many characters. Yeah. I get a good sense of who all, I, Pete Davidson's in this movie for 30 seconds, and I get an exact idea of what kind of douchebag he is. You know, <laughs> immediately I get a sense of every single character, like really, really fucking fast. Yeah, and that's fucking terrific writing, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, even Harley. Harley's a character we've seen now three or four times, yeah. and he, within one line. 
she goes on the 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 plane or the helicopter and says sorry guys i had to go number two or whatever and just there you're like oh he gets it like james gunn gets it yeah but then she's also got a whole story this whole thing about like you know a broken heart i I do want to ask you about that because you hinted at harley and you said that like there was like this cheerworthy moment i assume that's at the end of her little subplot but did the one this was second act stuff and i feel like the whole harley subplot felt tacked on uh am i crazy i think it works perfectly with her, her story of being like heartbroken and being lost and being like not sure who she is as, anymore as a person i think as a as a as a writing function of like where are you going to take that character i think that's a pretty good place to start but did it fit the movie um yeah it, just, I mean, it I, felt I like a it, it felt like a b episode of something like it felt like something else I don't really? feel disconnected, but she was literally disconnected from everybody else. Yeah, so she's yeah. Kind of on her own. I don't know. I liked it. I, I it, yeah, it, I liked it too. It doesn't uh, distract enough. It's not too out of the way, and 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 it still works within the the context of the bigger picture. But I think you know, in the end, to me, it's like it's kind of Idris Elba is the kind of the star of the movie. Yeah, like, you know, he's the, he's the sort of heart and soul, and then close by you've got Harley and you've got. Uh, rat catcher you know that's sort of like if you really want to boil it down it's kind of those three and rick flag and peacemaker have a, a great little um story going on as well peacemaker i'm so sad that polka dot man's not going to be around anymore yeah that's yeah that's a bummer spoiler. yeah spoiler <laughs> i, I think, know we're in the spoiler section but still like i, I, I think, think I polka dot to like uh, yeah I think Polka Dot Man is a is a good joke. I don't know that I could do multiple movies with him. Um, he was great, though. I mean, he I, was great. That actor, by the way. Not only that, he, he, James Gunn, and that's another sort of the subversive nature of this movie. It's like James Gunn takes his character, who's the biggest loser out of all of them, yeah, and, and except for maybe Ratcatcher, and it's like there's like you don't think that this guy is going to survive, and then you builds him up to this holy shit, like this guy's going all the way, like he's an amazing character, and then boom. He literally, I mean, without getting, he literally has a moment where it's triumphant and then. Yeah. And then he he ironically snatches that back and it's pretty fucking clever and it's really funny and it's a really incredible moment, you know, and, and the movie's kind of full of shit like that, you know, like, I mean, he even gives like King Shark some incredible moments and you even feel for King Shark. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's especially for a movie with this many fucking characters. Yeah. Get a true sense of who everybody is um, and, and feel for them. And then I just want to quickly, I know you talked in the very beginning about whether it's like, you know, a reboot, this and that, blah, 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 blah. I completely, to me, it's just a sequel. It's like, like, well, don't tell DC or Warner brothers that they do not call this a sequel. Basically is though, isn't it? Well, I think even James Gunn said this is kind of like uh it's not a sequel. He just take he just took characters because even Rick Flagg, you could argue that he kind of takes the the Rick Flagg archetype and the actor and then just says, Well, I'm gonna give him a little bit of this personality. Because in the first but, Suicide Squad, he's just he's terrible. He's all sappy for what's her face, Enchantress, and yeah. But it's narratively a sequel in that yeah. Do Rick you think Flagg- so? Yes. Boomerang and, and Harley have like oh, okay. no kind of... Harley. They've gone on that mission. Yeah. All those events, all of the events of Suicide Squad did happen. Yeah. And now it's Amanda Waller again, who we know, who's yeah. putting together another task force as task force X, which you would argue that she would do every single time. Whoever's well, yeah. available, whoever's around, whoever's 
powers are suited to this mission. So like narratively, like technically it is absolutely a sequel because, and, and not only that, like it's like uh, Harley is no longer with a Joker and who was in the last movie. Like we've seen the progression of that. And Rick Flagg is, is dealing with like, you know, his job as this person who's like maybe kind of like, as we see, may, maybe kind of growing sick of it and maybe doesn't want to be under Amanda Waller's thumb anymore and grows like a heart and soul. So I think in that sense, it's absolutely a sequel. It's just like, it's the next mission. It's always going to be Amanda Waller who's in charge of Task Force, Task Force X. It's always going to be Rick Flagg, who's her right, man, right hand man. It's going to be her team and then grabbing a bunch of disparate villains and putting them on a mission. So okay. in that sense, total sequel. And I don't understand how you could argue otherwise. Well, they just it, Warner Brothers is definitely trying to distance itself from David Ayer and, and the first movie, even though that movie made like eight hundred million dollars. They're just like, you know, let's pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, and, it's it's like the comic books. It's an, a new author yeah. takes over and it just has a different feel to it. But yeah. it's the same character, different artist, different writer, mm -hmm. same characters. Yeah. So um, I want to talk more about Idris Elba because uh, it I, I joked at the very beginning, you know, who's better, Will Smith or Idris Elba? And it, it's weird because this movie, in the first movie, you have Will Smith's Deadshot, who's a character that can, you know, incredible accuracy, has a kid, has kind of a, a past where he kind of just was trying to do right by his kid and get thrown in jail, all that jazz. And then you have Idris Elba's Bloodsport, kind of a similar deal. But for the purposes of this movie, Will Smith's not in it for whatever reason, and Idris Elba is. So do you think that, you know, given the choice, let's say that, you know, James Gunn had the choice, that he did the right thing by by getting rid of Will Smith and, and replacing him with Idris Elba? Well, it works for this movie. You think so? You don't think Will Smith could have stepped in? Because I, I, you could argue that, you know, the same story could have been told both ways. Yeah, but I I really liked the the kind of left-hand turn where he and his daughter were kind of at each other's throats uh, yeah. instead. Um and if it was just the same thing again with Will Smith and, you know, his daughter, I just it would have been a, you know, been there done that. Okay. So, yeah, Idris Idris had a journey at least to go on. Uh, and I think Will Smith's character w was one of the more fleshed out ones in the previous movie, one of, you know, the two characters that ended it was up, him and harley yeah him and harley were the only ones that really looked good in that movie uh and you know this one he he just i don't see him having much of a journey if they were just going to do the daughter shit again okay fair enough i i only mention it just because i think uh will smith's a great character yes. or a great actor and and deadshot was one of the only two characters from david ayer's movie that i think should have lived on and then um you could always come back and you know the the suicide squad whatever <laughs> we'll get to sequels in a minute because i got thoughts about that but um i i just think that maybe you know will smith is going to watch this movie and see idris elba playing a similar type of villain and be like <laughs> fuck man like god i could have said the f word a few times and blown people's heads off like come on hire me yeah but will smith's kind of got that history to him though like turning down these incredible characters that's true that's true neo <laughs> Idris Elba blows Will Smith out of the water. He's completely uh, uh, pointless as a character now. It's basically, they did a slightly different riff on him. Much better, so much better. Will Smith's got to be kicking himself. As far as I'm concerned, Deadshot never needs to come back. He's just an actor that takes up a lot of budget. Uh, Idris Elba's terrific in this movie. Will Smith is not. And, <laughs> and, 
and uh, goodbye Will Smith and Suicide Squad as far as I'm concerned. And also, I think that's also just going to be the case because I think Warner Brothers is going to look at this and go, fuck, Idris Elba's amazing. And for these exact reasons, and we don't need to pay Will Smith six, seven times what we paid Idris and 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 waste like 20 million on our budget or whatever for this. And it's like, no. And, and the other thing is Will Smith's like, extremely uh, loyal to David Ayer and has been in two David Ayer movies. And I think that's part of the reason why he decided not to be in this. And so, oh, you know uh, what? I completely wiped that David Ayer movie out of my head. I what other David Ayer movie was he in? The Orc one. Bright. Oh. Bright movie. Um, uh, Max David, Ayer, David Ayer is an actor, or sorry, is a director who uh, I don't think he's a very good one. And, and, and I'd be bummed if... <laughs> It depends on the movie you're watching, I guess. I don't think so. I don't think he's a good movie, director. And But I will always say that, you know, I, I say it all the time when people like, he, he has a way with actors that uh, look at the cast that he got for Suicide Squad, look at the cast for Fury, look at the cast he get. He inspires uh, loyalty and, and devotion and uh, he gets big name actors to appear in his movies, Brad Pitt and Fury, Will Smith in in two of his movies, Will Smith turns down so much shit, but David Ayer has a, has, has, a, has a knack for convincing people to appear in his movies. And he has, a, I think, a kind of actorly sympathetical thing that, that they just love working with him. Um, so I don't, I don't think we're going to see Will Smith again. Fair enough. You make a very... You never know Warner hard, Brothers being Warner Brothers. They're probably just going to be like, why don't we get both? <laughs> well, but, but but that's the thing. Will Smith is such a Will Smith. Yeah. They're like, no, I don't want you. I mean, he's turned down everybody. He's turned down Tarantino. Yeah. He's yeah. turned down like he if he just doesn't want to do it, he doesn't do it, and he doesn't act that often. Like he only does it when like he really wants to. And, and David Ayer convinced him, and then he did another David Ayer movie immediately afterwards. And then David Ayer wasn't part of it, and he was like, nope, sorry. Yeah, because it, it when you read between the lines, it, it sounds like there's more to the story and you could be right, but it, it definitely sounds like James Gunn was like, you know, it, he's been quoted as saying like, you know, DC gave him carte blanche and said, basically, if you want to do Suicide Squad, you don't even have to include Harley. We'd love if you did, but you don't. And, you know, it sounds like he just decided to start fresh, even from that character's perspective, even when Deadshot would have seemingly been pretty good. Um, well, I think based on the trade reports, I think he did try and write Deadshot in there and then realize that Will Smith was going to be in it. And then he was like, fine, we'll, we'll blood sport. Make a blood sport <laughs> and we will do a similar, but different character, which is, I guess, maybe the sort of thing, thing you're saying about the guardians, like similar, but different. Yeah. So um, that brings me to, we have to talk about kind of the, the David Ayer elephant in the room. So this movie kind of just basically wipes the slate clean you you almost do no matter what you think of his filmmaking style you do almost feel bad for david ayer because he kind of got a raw deal here um for those that don't know back in 2016 he goes and he he's given six weeks to write suicide squad before getting into production he writes a script yeah he writes a script um i think he's gone as far as saying it's barely more than a first draft and he goes and he films it and they give him all the money in the world, whatever. And then he comes back and they watch the movie and they basically hire a trailer company to come in and re-edit his movie. And he edits his version and WB watched them and said, eh, we're going to go with the trailer people. And that's the movie they released. And it's terrible, like objectively bad. So are you and, saying release the air cut? Is that you're that guy? Well, so no. So what I'm saying is nowadays, so fast forward a few years and Zack Snyder makes his justice league, all that jazz. And David Ayer saying like, well, what about me? You know, I have got a cut of a movie 
ready to go. I think he said it's far cheaper than than what Justice League was. So uh, all that to say, having now seen James Gunn wipe the slate clean, James Gunn revamp Suicide Squad, do you care about the air cut? I mean, I'd be curious just to see what it was, but I wouldn't. It, it's not something that I want. Like I want his story continued. You know what I mean? Right. That movie was absolute garbage, and I don't see a complete recut fixing everything that was wrong with that movie. Um, but you never know. I, I'd be curious again. I, I've liked some David Ayer movies, but uh, that one was just that was the lowest as you as low as you can go. I have no interest in seeing it. Uh, Did I you th- have any interest before watching the Suicide Squad? No, no. Okay. No. I, I, in fact, um, he talks about it as a uh, a very serious, soulful. That's the, the words he uses when he describes that. I don't think those are the kinds of, of tones that fit the Suicide Squad. I feel like no. Suicide Squad is exactly what James Gunn decided it was going to be, something much more irreverent. And in fact, I think the humor of the Suicide Squad, the theatrical version, is the saving grace of it. And 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 it seems like from everything that I pieced together that he said, it's almost like they forced him to put humor into it and he didn't mm-hmm. want it. And, and to me, I mean his films are pretty fucking humorless. So yeah, I was about to say that's WB. Like so, WB doesn't, so, doesn't hire David Ayer to make Suicide Squad if they wanted James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy. That right. was their problem. So to me, like based on everything I know and everything I've read, it's actually the theatrical version is probably better in at least for what, what I'm looking for. Like there's actually like, like his sounds more serious and more Snyder, more grim, yeah. more kind of like, and I, I don't, no, thank you. Like a hard pass, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I, I I was interested in David Ayer's cut only because I dislike Suicide Squad so much, but I like the people involved. And I was like, there has to be a decent movie buried in here somewhere, right? But now that I've seen James Gunn take characters like Rick Flagg and Harley and, and you know, we were just comparing Deadshot and Idris Elba's Bloodsport, I feel that you're right. I feel like David Ayer's vision was faulty from the beginning. I, I think that, you know, for my my sensibilities, he wasn't going to deliver a Suicide Squad movie that I wanted to see. So now that I've seen James Gunn's version, I'm completely disinterested in the air cut. Right. And I, I think also a lot of fans will be. I, I think one of the things about Snyder Cut that keep, kept it going along was that there just wasn't a good DC movie after that. And they were just like, well, shit, let's, let's go back to what Zack Snyder was going to plan, you know? And and with this, it's like, well, now we've seen the light, so. Well, at the same time, like, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds and the whole thing, but like yeah. Snyder Cut fans should be happy that an HBO Max exists because otherwise yeah. it wouldn't be on, right? It was, right. Just, it was just content. It was just a thing that was like, okay, let's give him what he wants. And we also have a content play. So it's like, it works for HBO Max, but there's absolutely, I mean, he kept talking about a theatrical release that never happened. He kept talking about some sort of thing. I still haven't seen it happen. That was a long, seemingly pretty long time ago. Um, it's over. It's gone. Uh, there's no way that they would have given that movie a, a real theatrical release, right? So yeah. It's like, yeah, you can let him redo it and probably spend more money than you should have. But the only reason it exists is because HBO Max became a thing. So fair enough. Agreed. So, yeah, let's go back to uh, the good Suicide Squad. Um, let's talk, you hinted, uh, at a sequels. I think we talked sequels a couple minutes ago about, you know, where we possibly could see this going. Mike dubbed it the, the suicide squad. (laughs) Um, so 
here's my question though. I don't care about what you think a sequel could be other than I don't know that a sequel can exist and I'll, I'll lay it out here for you. Um, they basically said Amanda Waller's bad. And by the end of it, you know, her own people kind of rebel. Um, the team that we're introduced to that we fell in love with is completely redeemed. Um, the story about small overlooked misfits who don't deserve to live and should die that's completely flipped on its head and we've grown to love these people. So if there was a sequel, is there anywhere else for this to go? Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. so too, but in a Amanda, Yeah. Amanda Waller would be the villain in that movie where they would go on one of her missions and turn around and their mission would be to take her down and take the whole program down. Yeah. That's just, but that doesn't do much for me. I mean, well, not that you. it's a bad <laughs> idea, but I'm sorry. That sounded very mean. I didn't mean it that way, but I mean, though, like, like what Rodrigo was saying with like this whole idea of the suicide squad being like misfit toys that, you know, are uh, devalued and all that jazz. I, I, I think that that story is kind of the suicide squad story and you can't do it twice. Uh, don't you think though, like, I mean the, okay. So you're talking about like, how do you do this? And then it's like, I find like a very practical, simple, easy way to do this. Um, and it's like the Amanda Waller way, which is like, yeah. what, what would you do? It's different okay. anthology. Exactly. Uh, okay. You guys are fucking, uh, uh, you guys are this, huh? Okay. Bye. You're not on my team anymore. And I grab a bunch of people and I do it all over again. And I just, a new group of people who are not, who are, you know, maybe green, naive, uh, don't have, uh, aren't going to fuck me over, blah, 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 all this stuff. And and so that's seemed to me a, a very easy fix. And even her being yeah. like, yeah, like, fuck these assholes. Like, uh, um, you know, they're going to rot in jail as far as I'm concerned. Like, it was pretty nice of you guys to like, uh, to turn on me, but I hope you enjoy your extra, extra, you know, actually, you know, now you got an extra five years on top of your sentence. So fuck <laughs> you, you fucking dumbasses. And boom, very simple, practical way. I'm just imagining through. Viola Davis saying these exact words. <laughs> it's hilarious in my head. You could burn you uh, given what she says in, 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 yeah. in the movie and how malicious and cruel and, 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 and uh, malevolent she is in it. It seems to me like pretty, pretty. Uh, I mean, if anybody, maybe she'd keep Harley because Harley's could go kind of either way. If they were going to be like, let's stick with the mission. She would have stuck with the mission. If we were going like, to let's heart, have heart and soul, you know, she doesn't care either way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's so, just chaos. She's chaos. Point yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you could uh, uh, arguably, uh, take her again but you wouldn't take idris and and um um Rat right so you just imprisoned yeah. for longer and then yeah you got a movie right so my idea would be i i was basically saying the only way that they could do a sequel is to make this kind of an anthology i think that we've we've seen ayer's version we've seen james gunn's version i think you just start from scratch again you hire a new filmmaker with a new style and just well, try that to tell for it. sure like james gunn will I, I if i'm james gunn i don't bother no no I, I did, I, I fucking reached the apex of what you would do with a Suicide Squad movie. I wouldn't touch it. I'd yeah. do something different. Fair enough. So that segues into my next question. James Gunn leaves Suicide Squad because we don't want him back for a sequel. Um, where should he go if he sticks around with DC? Because we know he's, uh, Rodrigo and I talked earlier, he said he's had treatments written for other things because again, they were giving him carte blanche to make whatever movie he wanted to make. So if he does another DC movie, where do you think he should go? Well, before where he should go, he's already doing Peacemaker, which is a spin-off. Well, yeah, okay. And he's I... talking about Peacemaker season two. So, and that's on top of Guardians. So he's got Guardians three next, which he said he's doing prep on now. He, yeah. He's going to do that. He's going to do the Christmas special at the same time. 
Then at some point between them, Peacemaker will come out. Then Guardians will come out. Then that Christmas special will come out. And then he will start working on Peacemaker 2. So if he's going to do anything, it's probably not going to be for a long ass time. Yeah, he's gonna, it's going to take a while. Yeah, and, and, and a lot can change in that. And a lot can be like a lot of like what he feels like maybe, oh yeah, maybe I could do Suicide Squad 2. Maybe in three years from now when he's done all that, he might feel very, very different. Okay. You know? Well, you just ruined my fantasy <laughs> land question by Sorry. putting reality. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? Yeah, well, I don't. I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, Mike. You can play along with my fantasy. Where mm-hmm. do you want to see James Gunn go? Well, I was just thinking, as far as the DC characters that exist currently, I don't really see him fitting in, taking on like a sequel of any sort. Even the Justice League, I don't think he would no. mesh well with the Justice League. I wouldn't want to see a, a James Gunn Superman movie. I wouldn't want to see a James Gunn Batman movie. That just, also, sorry to interrupt, that goes to show you just how bad Warner Brothers is. Like, <laughs> they were trying to get this man to make Superman. They were like, they've admitted that they were just basically like saying, like, you want to do everything or we'll give you anybody you can, even Superman. Like, if you want to do Superman, you can have Superman, you know? And it's like, no, this is yeah. James Gunn. And he anyway. went, what about crypto? And he yeah. was thinking about making a crypto movie. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he said, he summed it up in a few podcasts pretty well. That's like, Superman's boring to him. And like, you know, like the main kind of characters are boring to him. And it's like, he wants to take like, he, I mean, he's obviously got a propensity and a proclivity for like misfits and losers and, and mm-hmm. like the uh, unloved, you know, and make them loved. And I mean, does he not do that in this? Does he yeah. not make you like, characters that you would on paper not give a rat's ass about and then all of a sudden like wow you know i do care about these people so uh, the only thing i could see him kind of gelling with is justice league dark but they're already doing that separately yeah jj's got that agreed agreed i think that would be a good one for him but that's already going to be done and probably fucked up by jj because jj (laughs) sucks right <laughs> that's just your residual Star Wars Rise of Skywalker hatred. I mean, Rise through. of Skywalker. I don't really like anything he's ever done in Super 8. So I don't even like Super 8. I like Super 8. I, I like, like a the lot of pilot episode of Lost. <laughs> I don't fuck with Lost. Oh, geez. You need to revisit Lost. It's aged oh, like fine wine. No. <laughs> it's a little slow. But yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think James Gunn, if he does another one, Here's what I think. I'm a big fan of athletes and famous people kind of like rising to the top and then walking away. So I want James <laughs> Gunn to be like, I did my DC movie. It's arguably the best DC movie. It Peace is. Peace out. I'm going back to Marvel. And like, you know, sticking with his Guardians franchise for at least one more movie. Um, hell, I'd like him to make like a super sequel before a Suicide Squad sequel. Um, but yeah, that'll never happen. I mean, uh, the, the reality is to me, Okay, he's gonna do he's got this then he's gonna he's already doing peacemaker yeah. he's, he's doing guardians then he's doing the guardian special and then he does another peacemaker season two which he basically said in a podcast i listened to today that he's basically contracted if they want essentially yeah. so if they, they're they're really happy with peacemaker they're gonna green like season two and he's gonna have to do that he's gonna have to write it he's gonna be actively involved i kind of see him being like i don't want to do any marvel or dc at all so yeah all that goes off and does his own thing yeah and and all this stuff is going to be like you know this is going to be what to 20 23 24 but he's by the time he's free to do anything else i think guardians 3 is 
2023. So that's kind of the end because Peacemaker is January. And then you could argue that they'll do another season of that. Guardians 2023. Yeah. Yeah. God. So, so, so then we don't see anything until at least 2024. And by then he's going to be like, fuck superheroes. I want to do something different. Yeah. Probably get an original film. That's why I was, I, I, that's where I see him going. I think he needs to stop doing work for hire. And I think he needs to build his own franchise. Kind of when, when he uh, does that, all of us will be like, well, maybe you should go back to superheroes. <laughs> no, just, I, you know, Zack Snyder's doing that now, right? Zack Snyder flirted <laughs> with blockbusters and he's like, fine, I'm just going to go make my Star Wars ripoff for Netflix. Yeah. So good for him. And, and, and I think James Gunn will have a golden ticket, um, like the Russo brothers, to do whatever he wants to do when he's done playing with these exactly. superheroes. And, and Kashin, cash in and, and try and tell like the story that you can't tell without IP, right? This is the yeah. perfect time to do it. I mean, he could arguably could do it right now if he wanted to. But, you know, this is the perfect moment. This is what the Russos are doing. The Russos have got their own studio. They're probably going to make a shit ton of movies and then eventually maybe circle back to Marvel when those things maybe don't work or whatever. But hey, they've gotten like, carte blanche to do what they want to fucking do now right and so i think that's exactly what he's going to do and i mean in a podcast i was listening today they were like what about wolverine he was like meh like no (laughs) (laughs) you can give me all the keys to the kingdom and i'm not going to take the things that you would think that most people want like that's not of interest to me yeah he's definitely a guy i think that knows his his lane like he he knows guardians right like he like he chose like the most like obscure thing that nobody cared about with guardians and you made you love it and that's what he did with suicide squad he he basically created a new squad he created he just picked every dumbass character he could think of and made you love them all yeah great yeah. keep speaking, doing that go for it speaking of dumbass characters you mentioned peacemaker <laughs> a bunch well, that's kind of the next thing right like suicide squad's leading directly into this peacemaker show um full spoilers here that's kind of the in credit scene is a tee up for this tv show mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that I was shocked by in this movie, knowing that Peacemaker's getting his own show, is how much James Gunn makes Peacemaker funny, but ultimately unlikable. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, but still, spoilers. whatever. If you've made it this far, you've seen the movie. Yeah, no, no. But like, like we'll just say extreme spoiler here because like, yeah. yeah. So so he makes him, of all the, the characters he introduce, introduces, you could argue that Peacemaker is the villain, the true yeah. villain. Yes, outside of Amanda Waller, sure. and, and and now we're could have lived, and I and I was I really disliked that. Uh, uh, I I loved the way the Joel him scene went, how yes. all of it went, and it was like, oh, this is perfect. Like Joel gets a, a beautiful death, uh, 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 Rick Flag, and and uh, uh, Peacemaker gets a, his desserts, his just desserts death. And boom, I was like, that's brilliant. And then they, they, that tag, I was like, ugh. Oh, come well, because I thought it was going to be literally a set it up like he's he's going to be redeemed. Uh, like, no, he just, just shouldn't fucking be. Like, just stick, yeah. stick to your guns. And like, I know he's a fun character, right? But like, you had a thematic thing to do and you did it. Like, and you you basically killed Peacemaker and then you kind of bring him back at the end. And I was like, nah. that was the one thing I really, really did not like about the end of that movie. So you think they're just going to do the the amnesia thing where he doesn't remember who he is and he's just a different guy? No, because uh, oh, yeah. in in our interview, which you can listen to on the fourth wall, oh look at you. He talks about how he loves writing him because he's an alt right douchebag and it's sexual debaucherous dude. So it sounds just like the John Cena character from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, and that's the thing about movies is like we always kind of forget. It's like you know, like how can you do that? He's a bad guy now. It's like, well, each time you tell a story, you do have the ability 
because it's a new story. Um, you know, even like you're completely right in saying that, like, look, he's a fucking asshole. He's, he's the villain. Why do I want to watch him in a series now? But when you start over, you do have that sense of like kind of in every story, the ability to kind of like reboot slightly. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to what's going to happen with, um, you know, it's not like they're going to like forget the, the events of the Suicide Squad. They are going to they have happened. But you know, there's always a chance to sort of slightly start over with every new story. And I think, you know, like every one of these like serialized stories that we do watch, like as in Marvel and DC and all this stuff, I believe that happens in, in most of them. You know, there's always a little bit of a recalibration. There's always a little bit of slight change to the character. Um, you know, I bet you we'll see it in something like The Flash, for example, like maybe that Barry Allen will be slightly different, slightly different concerns. There's always- crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but there's always a kind of a every new film is always um, in a serialized kind of thing, especially what we're talking Marvel DC is always an opportunity to kind of make your char- character grow and change in ways that, um, you know, if it was a continuous story, yeah, you would be like, fuck no, but like, it's going to be a new thing. So it starts from scratch. And, um, you know, it's like, you've had a little bit of distance. You're not there. You're, you just not finished watching the suicide squad probably doesn't going to end up in the, doesn't open with him in the hospital. It's like, mm-hmm. it's going to be some distance. Some time has changed. Yeah. Bottom line. Like he was a really entertaining and fleshed out character. Yes. Um, and he worked. So Absolutely. I think that's the, I mean, he's thing. fucking great in it. Right. I mean, yeah. we didn't talk yeah. about it much, but like as much as he's a fucking douchebag, he's fucking terrific. He's so committed yeah. to being that person. Right. Like unwavering fucking like, psychopath yeah absolutely and and james gunn you know taking the character that probably everyone will will like least by the end of it and and making him someone you like most by the end of the show is is totally his style sure i mean the other thing the other thing we haven't talked about is i find this movie very political um yeah and a lot of that is through peacemaker i mean like peacemaker is the embodiment of the classic oxymoron that is to uh, prepare for peace is to prepare for war, right? It's the yeah. ultimate, like, kind of disgusting, very American uh, oxymoron. And it's, it, it, like, the whole thing is embedded into the DNA of this movie, right? This is a movie about a bunch of, like, people they go to, and I, I don't want to really get into a lot of stuff, because that's still too much spoilers to me, but uh, it's like they go to the third world country, there's a there's a whole twist in terms of, like, the agenda of, of, of Tess, of Amanda Waller, and it, all that stuff is, like, you know, the, the American, American interventionalism, uh, discovering that they've been pawns and, and, and patsies for this fucking thing that I don't want to reveal, but, like, there's a bigger thing, and so then that helps them reverse course because they realize the exploitation of the people on this, uh, on this third, in this third, third world country i think it's actually like way more political than uh a lot of people have, have probably uh considered in their in their writing about it i think i don't i i haven't necessarily read all the reviews but the I've reviews tried, are like oh dude's face gets blown off <laughs> i've tried it, to get into that very much because i felt like it's a very political movie and it and speaks to a lot of this stuff and, and it subverts the idea of of black ops u.s interventionalism there's yeah. a whole twist on that right yeah. Um, and, and, and it's commenting on all that stuff politically. Um, and I think Peacemaker dovetails into that beautifully. Well, I was going to say, I think the show, I'm not completely, 
disinterested in the show. I, I like what James Gunn's done with this movie, obviously, so I'm, I'm going to watch. But uh, I, I think it's going to come down to the supporting cast. I think he needs to have enough foils to play off of to work because mm-hmm. if it's just John Cena doing that shtick for 10 hours, I'm, it, it will get old. So well, to, to, to be a, a, a boring, uh, I, this is what I heard today kind of person, which I've been doing throughout this po- entire podcast. He did say um, today that it's an ensemble show and it's six characters. Um, okay. Very much a makes sense. Uh, it's not necessarily just Peacemaker. It's uh, it's a he called it an ensemble. He said it's very much about six characters, and then he laid out Peacemaker, the two um, people in, in the computer room or whatever his girlfriend from the was. finale or yep. from the yep. post credits. Yeah, those two um, vigilante, who's a DC. Oh, villain, that's right. Yeah, who's from um, originally I believe from Teen Titans or Titans or whatever um and then a few like one or two other like stragglers that i think he's maybe invented or something but uh, so that's what he said so i believe him yeah yeah okay i'm looking forward to it i think it's i think it's promising yeah what else are we gonna watch in january (laughs) i mean in terms of like uh did i dislike that ending and that peacemaker lived yes um do i think that character is is there uh, i mean to james credit is there is there more to say with this character yes i have to totally admit so yes i can i can dislike that ending um and still uh agree with him that, yeah there's more to say with him i just maybe wish it would have gone down in a different way because the, his supposed demise in suicide squad is is perfect yeah it really yeah. is but it's, also it, if if robert patrick is going to be in the show i'm all in wait is he in the show he is. Is he the T one thousand? Oh, right. he's going to be. The, I think the main villain. I think. Or no, well, vigilante is. But I don't. I don't know, even know if we know who um, uh, Robert Patrick's supposed to be in. It says on IMDb, Augie Smith. Which um, I don't know who that is. Powerful uh, racist father of Christopher Smith, vigilante known as oh yeah peacemaker. yeah Always oh, his dad. There you go, dude. That works. I mean, I read a lot of DC. Like, I, I, I read the the original Suicide Squad that uh, that he has referenced. Yeah, you gotta love the logo. I will say, uh, stylistically, I was kind of done with the whole like um, uh, the title sequences. You know, what I'm talking about like the yeah. little like chapter breaks. I was just, yeah. kinda, I was yeah. kind of on those, but yep, neither here nor there. Well, kind of clever visual things and good transitions. I mean, yeah. I, w- I would say that most people don't know how to do transitions in, in film anymore. <laughs> no, no. I think the and, Russos... And he just maybe does too many of them, but yeah. uh, but a lot of people don't do creative transitions anymore in film. And that used to be a, a great thing of the classic filmmakers of the 60s and 70s who knew how to do wonderful transitions. Yeah, I think the, the Russos kind of screwed that up in comic book movies because they just were like, well, we'll just put the fucking country in big white letters. <laughs> right. And it worked. And it worked. Um, okay, so yeah, let's wrap up here. We've we've talked the hell out of this movie. So um, we, I think all three of us can agree this is good. Definitely better than David Ayer. And yeah, we are- I genuinely want to know the person who thinks that David Ayer's version is better than this. Like if that person David exists- David Ayer? Like, what the fuck? Did I not say uh, David Ayer? Snyder- no, no, no. I'm saying David Ayer is the guy who thinks that his version is probably better. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's Snyder cut cultists. Yeah, yeah. That's related to Snyder is good. Is that's how it is. Ugh. Yeah, okay. that's. Yeah, and and you can write your hate mail to Mike D'Angelo. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, if you turn to Mike, not to us. I'm my no. yeah. so I, you know, I'm a Michael, Snyder head Michael, from the beginning. Michael forwarded <laughs> to us. I, I, I assure you he will. And I, I assure you that I'll read it. I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't delete it immediately. I swear to God. Yeah. Lots of exclamation points in the subject line, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me to talk about this movie. Everybody watch it. Um, go see it in theaters if it's safe and you're vaccinated and you wear a mask and all that jazz. Um, cause this movie's going to need all the theatrical help it can get, uh, cause it's also going to be on HBO max. So yeah. Enjoy everybody. Thank you. W, uh, HBO max and WB really need your, your money. I'm not, ta- I don't <laughs> care about them. I care more so, about the theater system. I know. I know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I know AMC, uh, you know, they got to live. Sure. They haven't done a bailout or anything. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining me. We'll talk soon about something non-superhero. Bye. Bye. Bye.